Minute Podcast. My name is Michael Mikeyrola. And I'm Ben Lewis. You feeling okay? Feeling dancy. Feeling jittery. Feeling jittery, yeah. I got the jumbles today. <laughs> I ate a bowl of pasta, leftover pasta. Does that give you the jumbles, pasta? No, but that's, is that what it, that's what gets Italian people going. <laughs> Yeah. Some pasta, get the jumbles after that. A nice sausage. What kind of pasta? Was it reggaeton? No, it was like standard. spaghetti. No. Well, I'm going to be shot on sight for not knowing what pasta I ate. I don't. Oh, God I don't, damn it. <laughs> I don't know the shape. I'm blanking on the shape of it. Uh, but I did have some so sausage. As long as it wasn't tortellini, am I right? You don't like tortellini? No, I just don't want you to have tortellini. I don't want to put you through that. I love tortellini. Tortellini is one of my favorites. I, I just don't want... It's bite-sized ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't seem shape. like a lunchtime type of uh, pasta. I had tortellini almost every day my freshman year in college because they would sell it at the cafeteria. And mm. you had to get food from the cafeteria. Like, yeah, yeah. For some yeah. reason, in the freshman dorms, you weren't allowed to get your own food. So, like, you weren't allowed to... You weren't allowed to not have a meal plan, and if you didn't, and the meal plan was essentially like, you know. Oh, so you could get your own food. You just had to have a meal plan. But you'd be wasting hundreds of Yeah, no, no, of course. (laughs) So I thought you were like, no, yeah, we don't allow outside (laughs) food in this campus. Like, if you're a freshman, fuck you. You're not allowed any food out of you. Yeah. I, I, I just monetarily, I was like, yeah, I need to eat at the cafeteria every day. And it was nice to, like, sit down and have food in that one cafeteria then they fucked it over so i never went back dude when i went to your campus i was shocked by your your cafeteria well like how bad it was no how much better it was. <laughs> oh, and that puts it in perspective right there <laughs> i'm sorry uh that one cafeteria was really cool the it was referred to as the pie shop yeah 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 where you like had to like it dude it felt like walking into like an underground like jazz club without the jazz that part was really cool the other cafeteria was just kind of gross i've never been that one yeah Yeah, you wouldn't go we only have the one i'm sorry we don't have that uh luxury well it was split up between dinner and (laughs) (laughs) dinner and lunch slash breakfast yeah no lunch and breakfast was had at the normal cafeteria and then dinner was had at the pie shop. But I think because they didn't have to deal with commuting students or teachers, so they can afford to have a very tiny. Mm-hmm. But I would go there with all the time. I would be there a lot. Yeah, whenever you came to visit. No, not. I'm saying if I were going at that oh, school, I would yeah. be there a lot. They fucked that place over, though, Ben. They fucked it over. Why'd they, they fuck it? They literally added... A how, cu- how do you fuck a place first? They added a <laughs> cubicle office in the middle of that room. It was like, isn't it like an open concept? It wasn't like yeah. really big open. How yes. the fuck do you add that? They added three walls <laughs> and somebody's For office. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There was a it's random the, office. Uh, the the head head caf- uh, <laughs> head cafeteria person. Um, even if that's true, all the orders. <laughs> even if that's true, there isn't another place in the building to put their office. You have to. That's like going to. Like, I don't know, let's say a McDonald's. And they're just being And there's just one square of of walls. 
And you're like, what is this in the middle of the room? <laughs> <laughs> they tell you, get rid of like four tables just to have one little. Uh, Some guy with the manager's outfit comes out of it. He's like, oh, hey, this is my private little. And there's a, <laughs> I just imagine one little window in there too. So there's a window yeah. to outlook into the there actual place. <laughs> it was, dude. It was so bizarre. Dude, I mean, that it, sounds exactly like something my school would do, wasting money on some shit that you just don't need. All colleges waste money. I know, man. I, yeah, like <laughs> I say that like it's original to mine, but like, yeah. dude, I just look at some of the shit that they spend money on. It just doesn't make sense. We had a room, so I went to a different campus for the first two years, and and um, we had like a a room to like just work in that wasn't a classroom, and it had like a bunch of computers and stuff in it, and there was a couches and and everything, and it was a good space. Like I liked it. The only thing I didn't like about it was you couldn't eat in there, but it made sense because it was all computers and stuff. And there was this huge TV, like the biggest TV I've ever seen in my life that isn't like, you know, a, uh, like, what are we talking, like 65 inch, I 70 inch? I don't fucking know, dude. It was like, it was fucking big. It was like, I don't, I don't know. Take up half my wall? It was like twice the size of this TV right next, right behind us. Oh, that's like a solid 70 inch TV yeah, then. <laughs> and they had every gaming console brand new and every game. And you weren't allowed to play it. What was it there Even for? if you asked. What was it there for? Multiple students were like, hey, you guys got this awesome console. Can we play the games? They're like, oh, no. And they'd be like, why? Did you ever find out what it was there for? No! Because <laughs> I wanted to play Mario Odyssey one time because I didn't have the Switch at the time. Yeah. And I wanted That's to be like, what is, that? what is this game like? And I, I literally was sitting in that little room working on stuff. And um, I went over to, what was her name, Chandra? She was a saint, saint among people. Because she would just, she would go up to people and she'd was be she like, like, how can I help you at any time of the day? And there are multiple people in that department who wouldn't have graduated. Sounds a lovely woman. Because of, not because of their own fault and because of failing classes, because they weren't scheduled for the right classes. This is a, I guess this is a problem throughout because I've already talked about some. Yeah, the no, yeah, uh, every but, place doesn't know how to schedule classes. Yeah, there's she like literally fixed people's schedules for a living and just like hung out with people, it's students nice, and stuff. And like, it's a nice like, uh, commodity. What are you there. doing? What do you want to do with your life? It was very sweet. I love Chandra, but I would go up to her and be like, "Hi, can I play the video games in the, you know, common room, whatever?" And she'd be like, "Oh no." And I'm like, "Okay." Do you think they were just like I mean, had it set there, just be like. We'll set this out like as a reward. We're such a, we're, I think it honestly, dude. Do, I think it do was well like, in your living situation here. Everyone's play nice, and you don't get it. But the key is that the, no one was ever allowed to touch that, so everyone only had to be on their best behavior. I honestly, dude, I seriously believe they brought it out when they had like tours coming in. It'd be like, oh, look how fun yeah. we are. Look, look at all this amazing <laughs> shit. We have free games, all the free latest games. shit. Whenever you're on break from your class, just go out and play some video games. And then they get there and you're like, no, you can't. You can't Dude, that. that's like, that reminds me of like, uh, not even orientation, but like, uh, I don't actually, know no. I uh, remember your orientation. I don't know why. Yeah, you, you were probably there really early on because you hadn't moved in yet, right? Yeah, I came to visit you very early on. But I'm I'm just saying, like, even, let's say, uh, before before we even, like, I started going to my school, we had, like, 
I don't know if it was considered orientation or part of it where you would spend a singular night there to see like what it would be like. You got like paired up with like a random roommate and you yeah. would just like do whatever. Um, How was your guy? Was he weird? I actually think I was with Bikram because we were able to just somehow oh, really? work it out. Yeah, I, I for, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we were. Regardless, it didn't matter because everyone that night slept in like one of the lounges. Okay. Everyone except for me. I did not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was like, everyone thought I was like such a loner, like downer that like they're all like chilling, having fun, like in the lounge. And I'm just like, all right. um, Same. It's like 1130. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of all you people. I'm going away. Yeah. Um, And... So, yeah, I left that. But, like, they made it so good. Like, the food was great. Like, every, like they had all these activities. Like, things were, like, they had shit going all two days of nonstop stuff. And then the first week of freshman year was just nonstop activities every yeah. single day. And then the higher up you get, the less they care about you. Oh, for sure. The, the more they want you to fail and have the wrong classes and stay longer versus freshman year they throw them they give them everything just Mm -hmm. to get them like look how amazing our school is we got all this shit my school has um (laughs) my school has one two three four they have four fully operational and a fifth one that's currently that was just built like it was it was under construction my entire upperclassmen years Mm -hmm. five freshman dorms and one building for upperclassmen that they cram everyone into i think they have one extra like overflow but it's usually meant for graduate students but the point of that being that they take like like i think i don't even know what their dropout rate is but pratt's dropout rate is insane yeah yeah because they just take as many kids as they can and they're like any of them who stay they'll get you know whatever education that they promised yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and then everyone else will just take so there's no one allowed take. in the like. There's no mixed dorm. Well, it, the one I stayed at that you visited, what had the, the freshmen in like the building. Yeah. It had it had freshmen for overflow, which is hilarious. Okay, because uh, like we had technically, I would say, I want to say, we I think we only had one specific freshman only dorm, and that was the one that I started in, and that's like considered the like ghetto of the ghetto of the dorms like the most (laughs) ratchet like shit that happened at that yeah school happened in that dorm i saw your room yeah yeah dude you don't even know (laughs) it it gets worse every year and it's not even the rooms too because the rooms are bad but it's like just the like we just didn't even once we left that dorm we didn't even want to so we might we only moved to the one that was reciprocated to it and exactly symmetrical in every way like layout dorm everything was exactly the same it's literally two of the same building Mm. across from each other but one of them is for upperclassmen and one is freshmen only and it that all by itself made a world of difference wow and once you left that dorm you never even wanted to step foot in there even if i had friends in there i would have been like i'm never going to your room you will always come here or i will not see you jesus and that's how bad it was and then i think everything else was just like we had like mixed One's freshman and mm-hmm. sophomores, mainly freshman, sophomore, and junior. And then we had, like, the like at the time that I went, that, like, we started school, 
was like the nicest of the dorms, mm-hmm. which was only for if you were a honor student or like if you were a freshman, you could only be in there if you were an honors okay. uh, college and then upperclassmen. Nice. Can you speak to any of the problems that you had or is it just like there's some shit you don't want to talk about? Well, I could go on and on about how disgusting the dorms were. I mean, every single year, black mold inside there, broken things, holes in the walls, things never been fixed. (laughs) I can go on and on about that. Um, But in terms of what I was referencing of like the lifestyle in those dorms, I mean, it's what you would imagine. It's... um, how should I put it next to some not so very nice local towns. Okay. And I will put that it's a huge commuter school. Mm-hmm. So the percentage of people that aren't commuters are still very locally based. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a bunch of wild freshmen free from their parents for the first time. And like, we all experienced that. I'm not saying we didn't, Yeah, but not, all of us, you and me, <laughs> get fucking crazy. Yeah, we didn't go I crazy. would find used condoms in the stairwell. Nice. I would find girls' Always extensions. Always a condom. That's at, least, that's at least a good thing. I mean, yeah, at least they were wearing them, you know? <laughs> Actually, you know what? We can't even... I didn't. I can't believe I, say, I, can't, I didn't save it for the end of the podcast. I have an idea of a sticker that I'm putting on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, we'll figure it out. I'll have a red bubble page for. Oh yeah, we're, we're, we'll 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 uh, we'll mention that at the end. <laughs> um, Keep going. But you know, girls' hair pieces like there would be broken bottles. There would be fights in that dorm regularly, mm. like scheduled fights regularly. We had this one thing right outside the front entrance called like it was known as the circle, and it was like the quote unquote like cool place to hang during during like what if you were not in the dorm or in like like because no one ever went to like the uh the 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 common center whatever what was it called what, what are those called i don't know hangout spots no no like like uh you know like the main building okay I don't know. Forget. What, I didn't really have dude, one. Oh, like the student center. Yeah, student center. There we go. Like, um, yeah, that that. I dude. It, that's how shitty I am at this right now. Yeah. Um. So the student center. Like no one really hung out there unless it was like in the arcade or something. Yeah. Um. But so like the U, everyone would sit there. They would take out their fucking black and miles. They would smoke them <laughs> shits. They would. Dude, people would roll up, like just weed anytime there. They would yeah. just sit at the circle there. And mind you, this is like. I don't know. Like, you could see the parking lot from there. And, Mm. like, cops would regularly come down there. But, like, it was so... I say regularly, but at the same time, it was so infrequent. You could walk, like, five steps down the pathway and just spark up there. And no one one did anything. You would think that, like, where I went would have been, like, a big drug school. But, like, I never experienced that at all. Like, I, I have very limited drugs like you know i didn't I feel like it would just be more college. concealed by you by your school yeah i think the difference between our schools especially the population is that everyone at my school has some degree of anxiety yeah so everyone's like constantly scared oh yeah we're <laughs> the exact opposite at my school we are loud <laughs> yeah i mean i i was one of the most okay like 
calm students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everyone else is just kind of, yeah, I feel like, uh, but drug-wise, yeah, there really wasn't, like, you would expect, every, like, a bunch of artists to be like, oh, we're taking, you know, LSD and fucking cocaine and i don't know i would i would imagine like everyone's at least smoking pot yeah, i would bit. imagine like them being on like some like some war shit like mdma like some, <laughs> some like harder shit like no none of them really just smoking regular weed they just be out there like doing hard shit i guess none of them like i mean i don't know maybe I, it was people who I hung out with because they were very tame probably that but like even drinking people didn't go crazy and they'll you know in the dorms or whatever yeah there was a couple of like parties that like you could hear but it was never like people banging on doors and all this other crap. I don't know. It was a very, t- it was a very strange experience, especially my freshman year, because it was so like, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just gonna drink in my dorm, and like we'll have like a nice little like experience. And but see, that's what that's what me and my friends did. Like I yeah. see, I see that from you, like just knowing you. I mean, I already know a mm. lot of them, but like I just know that's like the shit you would do, and like that's what we would do too. Yeah. And I did have a few, like, crazier friends that we would, like, hang out sometimes and we just do some stuff. But it was it was the atmosphere. Like, you're t- like the way that you're describing it is, like, your atmosphere just was not like... Like, we would be in our dorm having a good time, and we would just see a, a crowd of, like, 16 guys walking up, just balls of smoke, like, <laughs> bottles in hands. Like, they don't give a shit. And we're like... And they're always loud always loud they always have to be the loudest ones it could be like 1 a.m and they gotta be shouting to know everyone hey we up (laughs) (laughs) i guess because i was in new york like maybe people went out clubbing and that was their like experience and then when they came back to school they were like oh i'm just gonna go to sleep because it's like you know four o'clock in the in the morning or whatever like it wasn't really like an on-campus experience that's a good point I think a good thing to note from that is you, yeah, you're exactly right. Like you're, you're by areas that there's a lot more going on there Yeah. versus my school. We're not even a party school. We're not even considered a party school. Therefore there was no, there's no like frat. I mean, we had frat houses quote unquote, but like mm-hmm. there is no like frat streets. There's no like nothing like Syracuse or like, you know, big party schools yeah. We so anything that you want at the party, you, you got to be on camp. Like you're on campus. That's it. Yeah. That's if you're true. not if you're not doing anything on campus, then you're at another school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it's a it's a weird thing. I get yeah. I feel like it's definitely like go out there and do your party and call it culture at, at Pratt specifically. Yeah. And I remember I, I had to like. There's a lot of people who were considering become going into like the arts and stuff and were, like, sent my way through family friends and my dad and, like, other people. They're like, hey, you know, tell them what Pratt's like. And, like, try to give it, like, a, you know, a nice review for them. <laughs> Dude, I've had the same thing. And, like, it's hard to describe. Yeah. It's this, but it's so funny because, like, the biggest disappointment I would give people, I'd be like, yeah, you know, this is what the classes are like and this is what I kind of am aware of and these other departments that I'm not aware um you know, actually in, but then I get to like the social aspect of stuff. I'm like, yeah, nobody really hangs out and talks to each other. You know, you might make friends, have like a click and that's about it. <laughs> There's no like parties or anything, which is so disappointing to like a kid, I guess. And high yeah, school being it's, like, oh, I want to go out. They and, come in with expectations of shit that yeah. they see in movies or shows, or mm-hmm. even if they have older siblings or friends that are in college that might be at a 
Yeah, but it's just different with Prague because it's like a park in the middle of a neighborhood yeah. that people live in. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like a town dedicated to this school and to these exactly. students. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I was in the middle of Fort Greene and uh, Bed-Stuy and like kind of in the middle, which is Clinton Hill. And mm-hmm. literally, even in Clinton Hill, we were like a small fraction of the population that actually so was there. Dense there. Yeah. So dense. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, Mike, yeah. Uh, I just want to say, I know that was like a 19-minute little thing we had there, but I feel like we had just left out something very important. What did we leave out? It was Thanksgiving the other day. It was Thanksgiving yesterday. Are we allowed to speak to them? Whoa. <laughs> Are we... I... Are we supposed to be like, hey, yeah, Thanksgiving was yesterday? Well, I don't know what we're supposed to be like. I don't think we can supposed to be anything. But it was Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Ben. It's I know this is going to come you. out later, but we're shooting this on Black Friday. Yes, and you know, true. you know what we did for Black Friday? I did nothing. I did nothing either. I watched my dog and then came over here. What was that, chir- Chirps? Crickets. Yeah. That's a nice addition because there's <laughs> for the dead air. <laughs> it just slowly creeps in. Um, How was your Thanksgiving with your family? Did you, because obviously this is 2020, mm-hmm. which is, this would be interesting, I guess, to listen to when we're older. That's what like, I'm hey, saying. That's a weird, that was a weird year. To have uh, yeah, Thanksgiving. for sure. I mean, yeah. we've recorded like a good amount through this, this. Yeah, we found pe- pandemic. Pandemic was what what really sparked us to because just us being home again, I think, is what it really gave us the us opportunity to. to be able to you know meet a lot more frequently. See my just, Benjamin again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it! But how was your pandemic Thanksgiving? Did you Facetime your rest of your family as no. you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we did probably the opposite of what a lot of people did uh we did not meet in person with any of my family okay uh we did not that's what people really should be doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh we did not facetime any one of our family members mm-hmm. um to be honest our thanksgivings are relatively small anyway like mm-hmm. we i only have vague memories of larger thanksgivings that we have and i'm not trying to say we have bad thanksgivings i'm just my family at least my direct family is f- quite small. I only have two cousins. Yeah. I got two aunts, two uncles, and my grandma. Mm-hmm. At the time, you know, my other grandparents. Yeah. Um, But right now, I think it was my aunt and my cousin went to my grandma's and celebrated it there. Very nice. And it was just... Kind of uh, perpy right now. I'm sorry if you can hear me these birds. <laughs> and just... And... <laughs> <laughs> um and so it was just the five of us me my mom my dad my brother my dog that's about it man yeah um we didn't bring my dog my well, dog was all alone it's because you went somewhere else i went to my dad's sisters yes we were 10 people no am i allowed to say this on the podcast is this illegal Go ahead, baby. We were technically 11 because we're rebels. Ooh. <laughs> Woo. Uh, it was the five of us, so my my mom, dad, and my siblings, and then uh, 
my dad's sister has two kids. Hello. They're definitely not going to listen to the podcast. Hello, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dom and Dan. Woo! Um, <laughs> uh, but my dad, my paternal grandparents. Um, and it was nice. Uh, we all, everyone works from home. And we all, I mean, my family specifically knew that we were all negative because we got tested a bunch of times because yeah. of my dad's pneumonia. So really, if you just subtract those people. It was not, yeah. I mean. That's what I'm saying, you know. You can rule out the ones that have been tested at least. Oh, yeah, I'm not worried about it. No, I'm... At all. Yeah, I mean, we went to... We, but, you know, we've for all been, them strictors. We've been going to my um, my dad's sister's uh, beach house over the summer and stuff like that. Like, we've kind of bubbled up as a family yeah, for yeah. a couple times. And it's more just like, okay, two weeks in advance, how's everyone feeling? You know, monitor yourself. The correct way. If there's even, like, a hint of you being sick, we're not going to meet up. But like, you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you here. Yeah. It, ironically, like, the only person that works... Um, in person is my grandpa. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a cashier at Wawa. Is uh, he really? He is, yeah. He really? Enjoy, he enjoys it a lot. He has a good time. Is he retired and just does that? Y- yes and, and no. I, th- I've, I don't really know. I honestly don't know what my grandpa did. When How old is your grandpa? Do you know? Um, he has to be in his mid-70s. Okay, that's not bad. Like mid to late 70s. That's not bad. Know. Yeah. Because my, I think he's the same age as my maternal grandparents, and they're in their like late seventies, so around that. Okay, yeah. But he's the only one who's working in person, and you know he's been monitoring his health a lot because he has to, because he you know, health reasons and stuff like that, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we all felt very safe, and we just kind of bubbled up for the day. It yeah, was, it was nice. Would you? Did you have a uh, the full spread? We had the full spread. It was so funny. There was like no vegetables. It was like the most Italian Thanksgiving. <laughs> how many how many dishes of pasta were there? There was only one uh usually is there so mac and cheese. The usual group is that it's my my uncle's brother and her and his whole family comes over um for like a lunch mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving and we're all there. And then my uncle's um parents come and they stay. And then my grandmother's sister, Kathy, comes too. But everyone else, they kind of like all went to other places for this Thanksgiving. Um, and then we just kind of kept it at 11. And uh, it was okay. I, I'm, I missed my my Nona's um, Big CD, which is a staple for me personally. Your Nona's what? Oh, Big CD. Yeah. I thought you said baked CD. And I was like, how do you bake, bake a, a CD? CD. <laughs> You just take, you take like, your favorite CDs and you just bake them at 450 degrees for some, 15 minutes. <laughs> some nice chips. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to take, like, pounds of that back with me to college for the past four years. But yeah, it's You can live off that shit. Yeah, you get the leftovers from that. It's so good. Um, but I missed on, on that. Well, But besides that, it was a pretty normal Thanksgiving. We hung out with Muggsy Magoo, who was their dog. <laughs> Muggsy Magoo? Mr. Muggs. Uh, can we... Uh... Can we give a shout out to Muggsy? Shout out to Muggsy because he, Woo! um, <laughs> I love that one, <laughs> dude. He's like the biggest slobbery dude. He what, like what just, breed? I, I don't know. Is it a big dog, small dog? It's like spotted, solid. It's like a solid, muscly dog, but he's not that tall. Well, now that we're on dogs, can we just bring up? I didn't. I don't. <laughs> please. Some yeah. Wait. I'll. I'll uh, just because I need the measurements. 
I don't know how heavy she is. I think she's like 70-something pounds. Oh, such a cutie. Um, my dad went <laughs> to the to the vet um, to get her, my dog some shots. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> And what, the what doctor did, did you find out? He, the doctor, had, it was just my dad <laughs> mm-hmm. at the vet. Yes. The doctor or the veterinarian was like, hey, Mike, last time you took the dog to my office, she was like 55 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I just checked her weight and she's about 70 pounds. What are you feeding her? And he said, well, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and some <laughs> snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, that's too much food for the dog. <laughs> so my dad hung his head in shame at dinner time and told us that the dog's 15 pounds overweight. But it's all fixable. And we've been yelling at, we've been yelling at my dad because she's fucking fat. Yeah, no, she's fat. She's, and like, she's she, like a pig in a blanket size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. And I'm like, 15 pounds is not that much weight when you're a hundred something <laughs> 15 pounds. pounds is a lot of weight when you're only a 55 <laughs> pound dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're like, that's just a ridiculous fraction of her weight. She needs to lose the pounds. So we're taking her. She always goes on walks, but... Uh, because my dad's pneumonia, he mm-hmm. hasn't been able to walk her, and I, I don't want to walk the dog. <laughs> <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> you won't get her healthy? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're feeding her better. I don't know. She's She wasn't, like, unhealthy. She's got a lot of energy, so it's not going to take one. I mean, she's young. She's she, young. It, dude, when my dog was overweight, not by a lot, but when she was, like, it took maybe, let's say, like, two weeks, and she was, like, back down to trim and toned. Yeah, we're just going to feed her, you know, the appropriate amount that the veterinarian told us to and not give her as many treats as snacks and stuff and let her run around and stuff like that. She'll be fine, especially with, like, Christmas coming up. Obviously, COVID, depending on what's going to happen. But, like, if people do come over for uh, Christmas, she always, like, goes crazy and runs around all day. So she'll have more excuses to play and not just sleep on my bed all day. Because <laughs> right now she's just a, a sleeping cinnamon roll. But I like that. Yeah. I like that imagery. But yeah, I had some I had some interesting Thanksgiving was interesting. I there's so much shit I can't say on the podcast. That's just so inappropriate. No, I already know. <laughs> but it will save that for me later, so fuck all you guys. Yeah. There's uh, one story I do want to tell. Go ahead, yeah, I wanna hear this. There's one story I do want to tell, and I was think I was laughing so much because um, I don't know. Please wait. There's a cup couple... drinking water. <laughs> sure, a big sip for Ben. <sighs> All okay. right. Um, the subject of gay people came up, and uh, I come from a very conservative Catholic household. Yeah. I myself am totally open to everything. Thank you. <laughs> and so is my parents' generation in the family. But everyone above them is pretty not okay with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, if we're being so prepared with my story, uh, with all your sound effects. I try. I so, more. every time they make a comment that's very homophobic, everyone looks at me. Because the majority of my family assumes that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, I'm, I've, I'm not. It's okay. People yeah. think I am. It's all good. I've been called a woman. Yeah. Many times. Nice. Not really many, but more than I would care to like. <laughs> Continue. That's okay. Um, and then I 
I don't remember exactly how we got to this point, but my grandfather said, well, thank God none of my grandkids are gay. And then everyone looked at me. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, it was a... (laughs) I said, well, it was a close call for me, but (laughs) but yeah, you're fine. And um, yeah, so... It's a good thing your nails weren't painted. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was a good thing. But uh, yeah, it was just very, it was very funny. And that happens every year. My family just kind of assumes. Yeah. Because I'm, you know... I mean, it's... Not dude, the stereotypical male archetype, I guess. It is the stereotypical, at least as as some people might see it, the stereotypical gay persona, you know? Sure. Like the... the At least for, for a generational thing, yeah. there's like a stereotype with when it comes to that, you know, artist... Yeah, quieter, kind of, kind of flamboyant. But yeah, fl- flamboyant. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's just certain things that we all know don't really hold true to everyone. Of course, but you know, there's, but there's to, that. But to that, you to, know, a very conservative to that Catholic process guy, of people. Yeah. yeah, very like macho style idea of manhood. Yeah, he he was very crazy to. There's a bunch of other crap that was said. I'm not. I don't want to like no, put him no, on blast, no, no, no. but <laughs> put him on blast. I'm glad that we got at least one. But I'll give you that one gift, uh, <laughs> my from my Thanksgiving days. Um, because my... they're never. They. He, I, I had to tell him. I had to fix his phone to like add sound to when he gets a text message. So he's definitely like not going to be able to find a, a podcast. <laughs> if he's not able to do that, he can't find a podcast yeah, no. that I'm not going to tell him about. I mean, I, I think my family members do know about it and my parents occasionally listen, which, yeah, you know, I my don't like people listening to my voice, but you know, that's what this is here for. <laughs> <laughs> if if it Very, was that big uh, of a deal, you wouldn't have a podcast. Exactly. But, um, it's just weird here knowing that they listen to it, you know? Yeah. But I think what's fine about it is that we're not like performing. No. Yeah. So that's it, the best. It's that's kind the, of just that's like, the huge difference. Yeah. But it's like something about me, like of me always being behind the scenes on stuff. Mm-hmm. I very much appreciate it and still want you to listen. If you want to listen, please listen to the podcast. <laughs> but you know, there's that like, sort of like, Oh, you're hearing my voice on recording and I hate my voice on recording. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. I don't know. You'll get over it. No, I mean, I'm already pretty much over it. But yeah. like, but it is strange. To, like, in the beginning, it was very strange. I think it's more, in my opinion, letting somebody in on our personal conversation. That's very true, too. That you're not used to like that dynamic of... like mm-hmm. If one of our friends listens to the podcast, it's like, oh, that's how they talk to each other. Yeah. Because like, they know, because we talk to them like that, usually. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a parent, you don't talk the same way exactly. with me yeah, as yeah. you do your mom and your dad. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're like... Allowing them to see this side of you that you would normally not show mm-hmm. them, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But um, I don't know, Mike. I really badly want your help. Okay, I need your help interpreting a dream I had. Oh, I literally just listened to a podcast about dream interpretation because I'm working oh, on. Oh, I thing need for it. you for this. I'm not a. I'm not. You know. So I, I will do my best, but no, I know it's all right. Um. So, Mike and I recently had a conversation off the air okay. about dreams. Because to me, in my perspective, Mike always seems to have such vivid historic dreams. And he, he disagrees. Yeah, I do, but, I, but thank you. But I only say that because it's a lot more frequent than I have dreams. And especially than I remember dreams. Yeah. 
but in the past like week and a half, I've had two pretty pretty uh, memorable dreams. One of them, which was recurring, I think I already spoke to you about the one. Mm-hmm. But this is one I had last night, and it was very odd. Okay. Um. So I had a dream before you go. Yes. What you want do by? Do you want me to like go into full psychoanalysis with this dream interpretation? Or you just want me to listen as a story on the podcast. I need both. Okay. I need you to and listen. I'll, I will. Dis- I need you to I hold will, my hand. If I'm if I'm going to go into any realms that you don't want me to go into when it comes to the psychoanalysis, just touch, touch every room. I will let you touch know the doorknobs. So, the the, the this is a ring the doorbells. <laughs> knock on the <laughs> knock on the knockers. I'm sorry to interrupt. But I wanted to ask you before you continue to keep the mic. Okay. Um. So. I had a dream, mm. um, and I don't, I don't remember, I don't really remember where it, where it all began, but I remember being in a room, and it was fairly poorly lit. Okay, I can't, and I, and, um, I don't know if this is how you see dreams, because this is also I find very interesting is how people perceive themselves in dreams when they're dreaming about themselves. Mm-hmm. I see it in the first person. I see it just like my hands outstretched. Like I see it as if I would be seeing normally. Mm. Some people I know have seen it in like the third person where they see themselves doing the actions. I don't understand that because I've never felt that. So just to put it in perspective, I'm like firsthand in this sort of dream. Um, And I have some significant other. (laughs) It was like, I would say like a... A smooching and smushing partner? No. Well, yes, yeah, smooching and smooching, but nothing happening in the dream. Oh, nice. Um, it was, I would have to say, a young 30s woman. Is this person you know? No. So a compl- I completely from, a completely I, and, I, and I have, woman yeah, all I, all I have for imagery of it, because I couldn't, I can't really distinguish a face. It was just long black hair. Okay. And fingernails far too longer than, than manicured fingernails, and they should, you know, like you know, like those like acrylic, yeah. long like uh, concierge I got, fingernails. I, uh, like <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not a fan of those. I'm not either. I, I'm not, Mike. This is why you need. I need your help. I find okay? them creepy. <laughs> I need you to understand that everything I'm going to tell you right now okay, keep going, is keep very going. shocking to me. Okay. Um, and I'm on. At some point, it switches from from the room to me being on some surgeon table and I, and I'm waking up and I touch my butt (laughs) and I'm wearing, I'm wearing pants and I touch my butt and it feels like Orbeez. (laughs) What? It feels like my butt has grown four times its size, like huge. Like somebody replaced your ass with Orbeez. Well, um, then, then the, the female voice starts to speak to me Oh no! <laughs> and she says, well, I think it, I think it looks really well. Now it was never said verbally, but my, my sleep brain starts putting it together that I got butt implants as Orbeez. And it was, <laughs> and it's as if I got like, like, like beanbag size Orbeez and just put him at where my posterior would be. <laughs> and I kept touching him like, I don't like this. I don't like this. But like, that's, that's what I was thinking. But out loud, I was like, well, I already had the surgery done. So, I mean, 
I got it. Like, I can't say I don't like it. I can't get rid of this myself. And so... <laughs> Keep going. And so... To, to not start a huge fight with said person and just like yeah I, I, I I'll see how I like them they, I, it's it's not it seems all right and this person then I ha- I don't remember any other verbal thing from her end yeah all I remember towards the end of it is me trying to cut a hole in my my implant to squeeze out the orby so it goes back to its normal size and then I woke up. Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, that's like some Dr. Pimple Popper shit that I hate. No, Mike, think about think about those squishy uh, Orbeez, like, yeah. squeeze stress ball things. And you popped it. And it, Yeah, think about that. And that's what it looked like. It didn't, it wasn't, beats. it wasn't, it's as if I wasn't, like, flesh. Like, it wasn't, like, skin or anything like that. Like, it just felt like one of those, like, Orby okay. stress ball things. So essentially, that, that was my you ass. had an experience with like a girlfriend person, and they were like, gave you a sweater for a holiday. And they're like, "Oh, here's your gift." Yeah, yeah. And you were like, "Oh, thank you," and you like secretly hate it. But exactly. You don't let them down. Yeah, but to an extreme event because the it's, surgery had already happened. Yeah. Like I was, I was in full panic mode for like five dream minutes because thinking. Well, shit, I don't remember agreeing to this, but it's here now. Uh, yeah, what do I do? This crazy woman put you under in some sense. I think she had a doctor, but the doctor was never present. I woke up, but there was no doctor. She was just there as like a visitor. Man, I thought, because I always, I kind of am very like, I don't know. My, my hubris doesn't kick in. In in a lot of situations, but when it comes to you know like psychoanalysis, I try to think that I I usually think that I'm pretty good at it, and I have a a little bit of an understanding of what's going on. Yes. When people explain how they feel, but Jesus Christ, I'm fucking struggling, <laughs> dude. Because <laughs> this crazy long hair, long black. I'm imagining like the the ring girl or something scary, but I she couldn't. No, be no, it was like. I would say like a heavier set woman. Okay. Um, with long black hair and yes. long nails. Yes. Like most likely extensions too. It didn't seem like real hair. Yeah. Man. And um, I know that might be struggling for you, um, but if you care to hear, I had another one. Yeah, I'd love to hear the other one. Okay. Is this is this, this one, one I had the tame one that you like? You were like, oh, I'll show him the tame one first because it it's more. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's horrifying to me because I actually like was like freaking out from this. Okay. <laughs> I was actually like scared, <laughs> but it's not that bad. Okay. Uh, I actually had to when I woke because I, I woke up from the dream. And I had to write it down immediately because I knew I'd forget it. Oh, yeah. So I have it <laughs> written down oh in my, my notes. <laughs> so um, I'm going to read it kind of word for word how I have it here. Shoot, I'll just listen. Crazy dream that my grandpa went senile. Now, mind you, my grandpa has passed away. Okay. It's my, my grandpa my, on my mom's side. Mm. He has a very thick Polish accent. I never met him, but I know of him. Yes. Um, that he went senile and started attacking me because he thought my grandma was cheating on him with me. Oh, no. That's some weird... 
Okay, keep going. <laughs> and chased me around. Well, my grandma's trying to calm him down, saying, what are you talking about? This yeah. is my grandson. Oh, no. Um, chased me around the house with a metal cane beating me while my mom yelled at him and my grandma yelled at him to stop, but didn't do anything to help. So he's just somehow keeping pace with me running around a very like just all uh, picture an open concept floor plan of me with a pillar in the middle and we're running around this pillar um and because it was my grandpa um i i didn't want to hurt him so i reached out to stop the cane because i can for sure overpower him but i i didn't want to hurt him uh and so, because I, I knew he was, like, going crazy in that moment, so I just continued to be chased by him. Uh, and then, at one point, my grandma stopped yelling at him to stop me and started chasing me to beat me with a metal cane as well. And then I woke up. These are the dreams I have. <laughs> Jesus, no wonder your brain doesn't let you dream. I'm very glad I don't have dreams. Yeah, after these your two. brain's like, oh man, this is what he's coming up with. Let's just block those out. And you know, I have no concerns over saying these because, you know. Yeah, they're just dreams. You don't, you have no control over that. But I just have to let you know that. And I thought they're too funny not to say on this platform. Yeah. <laughs> the last one's very like I was Oedipus, scared. Oedipus complex. Not that you have an Oedipus no, complex, yes, but yes. it was very like that kind Please, of Please just go into it. Well, like that's like a lot like everyone criticizes Freud for that. Mm-hmm. I, but like I don't know. That that was his like big breakthrough. That is like everyone, you know, secretly wants to be with their mother and kill their father. Yeah, kind yeah, of deal. yeah. But I don't. Obviously, I don't. I don't yeah, like I have to uh, very obviously. If I need to, say, if I even have to say it, not to you, but to the to the audience, if I even have to say it, no, I have no interest in any <laughs> form. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Of 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 in that regard. Yes, of course. But. My grandpa going senile enough to, That's and, scary. and he was never crazy too. Yeah. I'll put it this way: he was ne- he was always in his right mind up until the day he died. Yeah. He was probably the most fit and able-bodied eighty-something-year-old that I've ever met. Mm. And that's what scared me the most about the dream because I knew if he did hit me with the cane, it would hurt. Oh, really? Like I knew I could over. I mean, he's like a five foot one. <laughs> like old Polish man. Yeah. But yeah. but picture for his height. Oh. <laughs> for his height, very very like thick wrists and and and, oh, and you know, he's got the he was a mechanic. He was a he was a manly man. He was a yeah. he rode motorcycles and like worked on cars and shit. Like he was he 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 could handle himself, but over pure age difference and mm-hmm. height difference, I could, you know, stop it. Sure. But if he did land a hit on me, I would be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Especially cuz it was a metal cane. Yeah, man. What was that one? What is the significance of this? Well, you see, I've now come to the realization. He had a breakthrough. I no longer want to dream. Sam. 
That sucks, man. I'm kidding. I'm in like the very early stages of a story that I've been thinking about. Oh yeah. I don't think I talked to you about it, but like, well, if you're not ready to say it on here, you don't have to. Yeah, it's it's very loose, and like I'll you know we there's a lot it. that I'll keep it very like vague, but I had a few like bad days mm-hmm. in my mind. Oh, kind of. Dull. I don't like to hear this. A little depressed, took a few days. And I was realizing that the main source of my depression was that I was dreaming and I really, really liked the life I was living in my dreams. Like I found them very intriguing and interesting. And then I'd wake up and I was like, oh, I'm just kind of hanging out at home. I'm not doing anything special. You know, I can't really do anything special. I'm just kind of like applying the jobs. It's not very. I think you're special. Thanks, Ben. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not coming out of a place of like true depression where i'm like really getting out of myself it was more just like i was just kind of down yeah, for a yeah, couple yeah. days no I, I think everyone has those those moments yeah definitely those days. but i had an idea of like making a character who kind of lives in that 100 percent of the time to try to like dissect that idea um and to go deeper with it uh so i've been thinking about dreams oh you a did lot. mention this you did mention this very very briefly yeah because it's not like and i really like it no i know but from what the just the concept of it i really like yeah so so i'm sure if you follow mr totham's i have a illustration of the character because i have a very Mm. good idea of what the character looks like and like so i'm gonna work on that and then you know maybe right from there to not to not go too much into it because i know it's still a very unflushed out idea yeah and you want to just still work on that um, I will say, based on my vague understanding of the concept so far, it's very introspective mm-hmm. and is going to require quite a lot of thought writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a, um, if I'm going to do it right, it has to, it would, t- it's going to take a lot of work of mm-hmm. just like, okay, I have to really pick up something I'm struggling with or something that I, it was funny, like, I mentioned this to a friend, and I was like, do I need to be on the other end of this problem before I start writing it? Writing it? Mm-hmm. Or can I process whatever I'm going through through the character? And that's something I think I need to just yeah. test the waters with, because there's a lot of stuff that the main reason I came up with the idea, like, the main inspiration of coming up with the idea is some emotion that I was going through, so... um but that's not completely like dealt with emotion, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, but yeah, the character, I her name is June. Oh, yeah, she's a little like stuffed animal companion. Is she pregnant? No. Why would she be pregnant? Juno. Oh, Juno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Scott Pilgrim's child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, June, and I'm still working on the last name. I have an idea of it, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the idea is that she basically um, is experiencing whatever she's experiencing in life and the themes that she's tackling on her day to day. And they're just exaggerated beyond belief when she sleeps. But when she get, when she wakes up, it's just a mundane life. Yeah. And she's dealing with whatever she's dealing with. Um, and I think that is... The, the concept of, like, as a story of, like, these miniature arcs of, like, not fully realizing what she's going through, but mm-hmm. maybe having some breakthroughs here and there, 
Um, the, what I'm struggling with with like the story structure stuff is mostly just like, okay, is there a, is there a through line between all the dreams, or is it just kind of like this is what she's feeling right now, and here's this little arc that she went through in this one dream or maybe multiple dreams, and then she moves on. But I feel like it's kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of in the, I'm st- obviously you can tell by the way I'm speaking that I'm still in the process of creating the character and thinking about it. But, um, yeah, dreams are fucking weird. And I I took a couple of psychology classes when I was at Pratt, but I never really delved too deep into it. And I, I kind of want to because it's fascinating to me, but also... I, I I don't know. I don't have the discipline of a scientist. I have the you know mm-hmm. d- curiosity, the mind, the mind of an artist. <laughs> I'm deeply curious, but I really don't know how deep I want to go into psychology as like a practice. Mm-hmm. Maybe getting like a I don't know, going taking a couple classes in the future if that might be an option. But yeah, um, depends on. I could probably just do research on my own, but that's going to be know. the best way to to develop. The, yeah, the the process of it, and to go off your your point of that whole uh, through line thing of whether you want individual story arcs or one thing, mm-hmm. something that I think would be very beneficial through my knowledge that I have is you for sure need in order to get a cohesive story from start to end. Yeah, you need some through line for the overall yeah story. Yeah, you need yeah. some sort of some sort of outcome and thing for that and once you figure out that at least personally from how i've developed stuff yeah you're able to delve okay we have this act and within that act we have said dream yeah you need a framework of just like okay this is this is the goal of the story yeah yeah and um this is like almost perfect for uh what i've come to love of a practice and i don't necessarily use it as like the bible of writing screenplays Mm -hmm. but uh this is probably anyone who's ever written or knows about writing will definitely know what i'm going to talk about is dan Harmon's story circle do you know? I, I know a little bit about it, yeah. So I, I need to look into it a little bit more. It's, it's actually, if you look into that, I think that'll help you a lot. Because yeah. the Dan Harmon story circle, in basic terms, takes one entire story. Let's say you have, and you can, he, he explains it much better in his own words in a video on YouTube. You can look that up. Um but basically, you can use it in, in shows, you can use it in movies, you can use it in a singular scene in a show. Like, it yeah. can go down to the smallest part of whatever media you're producing. Um, but let's say, for this terms of it, a movie or something, you have the full story, mm-hmm. and you have the circle for that. It hits all these separate, there's like various points that it needs to like hit Mm. then you break that down into whatever acts and then within those acts you break it down even again and you do that circle for every single one so you could have a story circle per each dream cycle and per each dream cycle you have okay what's the conflict what do they want what's this what's what happens here and it does does a complete circle for just that and expand from there, and you have a completion of what that 
current dream meant to that character and then where it goes into the next one. Yeah. I, I, in my, like, little, um, research into, like, how he does things, um, the idea of, like, okay, you're in, because it's very similar to Hero's Journey, Mm -hmm. Campbell's Hero's Journey. Yeah, yeah, very similar. It's kind of like a modern version of that, um, and I've read a little bit of the Hero's Journey, even though I have it on my bookshelf. All of it is very, like, ties in together. Like, they all are trying to say the same thing, but to do it in... In, in what makes the most sense to an individual person. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have to look into it because where I'm at is very nonlinear and just focusing on the theme. Which I the think that's how you just, that's just how you function though. And that's, I think there's nothing wrong with that. That I is think that's how a I great... function, but it also is the downfall of most of my product pro, uh, projects because like there's a lot of stories that I get really invested in and I, I love the idea that I'm creating. And, like, mm-hmm. I plot out everything out, and I'm like, oh, this is great. But it doesn't work when I actually start making it because I don't have an idea of where I'm going. It's just kind of loose. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. I'm just going to start, you know. Yeah, instead that's, of that's having, the hardest part. Instead of having a goal. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. then I get overwhelmed with, like, this could be a 10-year project. It could be, like, a 10-week project. Yeah. But I don't have no idea because I didn't set a goal for myself, so... That is, if anyone's like me, that is the, my main set thing of advice because you need to actually have an idea of where you're going to end up, where you're going to end. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you're just going to stumble and you need get to have so it. lost in the grandness of the project. Yeah, even yeah. It's really you're going to think <laughs> way too specific into like certain details that you've for thoroughly, it was a fucking fart in that <laughs> fucking sentence, that you've th- thoroughly thought out. Yeah. And... And then when it comes to writing, you're like, oh shit, like, well, where is he going to go? What is he doing here? Like, what is he, what is he doing here? And where is he going to, and what's going to happen at this point and getting, hitting all those points that a story needs. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, that, that is a lesson I feel like I learned in D and D writing specifically as like as a DM, because you, you have to have a goal, but you also need to be adaptable. So your goal needs to be, like, much looser. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want them to be here, roughly, you know, yeah. in, the, in the story or whatever. And because I know what it's like when you don't have that, and you're just like, oh, the players can do whatever they want. And it's like, well, the players don't know the world because you haven't explained it. To exactly, them. yeah. You need and, to have some sort of structure, some yeah. barriers in there. And it's even more concrete when you're doing something that's linear or nonlinear for, you know, like, just a viewer, because mm-hmm. you know you don't have co-writers like players yeah who are actually giving you dialogue and characters that's actually that's a really you know that's a really good point <laughs> i think that's actually a really interesting way i wonder if anyone i'm sure people have i wonder if anyone's done a theory of you know having some sort of you know lead i guess that's technically what any writer's room is for like shows and stuff yeah. but like for let's say a movie like instead of like one screenplay writer or a duo of screenplay writers having like run basically like run that world as like a campaign quote-unquote really and, and have them fill in the dialogue and then build off of that in terms of real dialogue for the story yeah it's a weird improv exercise yeah yeah because like theoretically yes the dm has more power because they because they 
create the world and they have and they're basically playing every other character and they play the villain and they play the you know helper and they play the you know they play all these other things but mm-hmm. the players drive the story oh yeah like if if one of my characters but one of my players says oh we're, let's just fuck off and go do this then that's and, and everyone agrees. Then you have then to start, you completely change the art. And you ha- and if you don't have anything prepared, you just got to be like, all right, I got to think. <laughs> like, go. And you guys did that to me multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I and, love it. And I know, <laughs> like, in we haven't played it yet, but we just got to this place where um, I have it in my world where werewolves are really important in my world because it's based on Norse mythology and Fenrir is a big character in it, and so there are multiple. Well, not multiple. There's like there's this one group of people who worships Fenrir, and they, by worshiping this one god, they get the power of like essentially werewolves and like anthropomorphic and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and it has to do with the overarching story, but Ben's character specifically wants to become a werewolf, yes. so they had plans to go up to this dwarven kingdom, and they had plans to reveal a bunch of hidden magics and stuff like that. But you just decided, hey. Let's fucking go become werewolves, <laughs> and, or specifically you becoming one. And everyone's like, "Okay, yeah, let's it. let's just go and help." I needed that story. help uh, tug Dembo or whatever. <laughs> honestly, I think it comes from my my time playing Skyrim. I just oh, yeah. I really pushed for that werewolf thing in Skyrim when I want when I wanted it, and same yeah. for when I did a second playthrough to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I. I've been doing research into how to become werewolf, and that is one of my main sources. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, yeah, that just speaks to, like, how much... Because the traveling just just to get to where you currently got to has been, like, three sessions, if not more. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a huge span of time. Like, you guys decided to become... You decided to become a werewolf, and you basically took a month to get there. Yeah, in real time and playing, but also in the game, it took like three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it completely altered it. You know, Mendez's character, our friend, decided to play a royalty, to play a character in like a noble class, and I was like, okay, you know, he wants to be really important when it comes to royalty, but he's a bastard son of you know Mm -hmm. this other kingdom, and he met his mom on the way, which is interesting and he was totally not expecting that yeah but yeah. if you guys decided to just fuck off and go north, it wouldn't have that wouldn't have happened. you never would have met exactly it. yeah it's so, always so cool how it develops based off of what we choose from it exactly yeah and i didn't like throw that in you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i didn't i didn't say oh they're in the you know this kingdom so they're just gonna meet his yeah mom. yeah yeah you know like he she was just there mm-hmm. and you guys just decided to go through that's yeah which is really cool um and then you tried to start a revolution and, you know, attack a random guy who makes fish hooks for a living in Carlborg. You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. <laughs> you just gotta take it by the horns. The bear boys strike again. Um, but yeah, like, just, I, I think writing, writing for that and that being, like, the main thing I do creatively, eh, yeah. It, it has been the main thing I do creatively because I've honestly just been, like, applying to jobs and, you know, spending most of my time and creative energy just, like, on that because I'm trying to like be professional and not really focus on making anything. I have to start making other shit, but that's another story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but having I'm that been like you. the main thing that I do, I, it's been a weird writing process and, and having written other things, especially for school where it's much more linear and it's much more traditional. 
D and D is just so it's such a weird little world that you can just kind of escape into. It's totally different than writing for TV or writing for stuff because you have no control over what every other writer has the main control over, which is the character. Mm-hmm. It's like this is my main character. This is how I'm personifying myself or personifying idea into the world. And that's but, why I'm very intrigued with listening to you talk about it too, instead of it, uh, as lo- as well as playing along with it, because I like to see, because exactly how you're phrasing it, I like to see the very like you have to be like, it, it's it, in a way, it's a very, uh, uh, you know, creative thinking process for writing. It's like a it's like a writing tool almost. Like yeah. you have to think on your on the tips of your toes to. You know, if if the characters decide to go one route, you have to be ready or at least, you know, mm-hmm. start having an idea of like, okay, this is where we're going then. Like, this yeah. is how we're doing it and this is what's going to happen over here and we'll go from there. And I think it's a very creative process of of working out, you know, writing problems in, re- in, in just your regular writing. Yeah. And my struggle of like d- overdeveloping things that don't matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind Because of. then you can just say, fuck off on whatever it is that yeah. you went way too hard in, and you'd be like, well, all that was for fucking nothing. <laughs> exactly. Now, like... And it kicks you in the face, too, because, like, to give you some... Like, I didn't write a lot for last session. I just improved a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And having... And I'm sorry if this is, like, going too deep into, like, the, you know, like, inner workings. And no, all. I don't, I don't care, know right? if it, like, breaks any illusions as you're playing. No, but, like, not at all. Obviously, I have an idea of where you are in the world and stuff, but um, it's just an interesting thing because uh, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, like I have no control of where you're going. And so I have a vague idea and I'm going to set up things along the way. But, you know, there might be something that I really want to happen that I plan to be way over here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, it still works if it's right in front of you. So I'm just going to shift that so, over. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it it's the DM's, like, job, essentially. It's like, okay, make it a compelling world to live in. Um, but don't be so attached to, like, the concrete pillars of it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, you know. Like, so it helps in that regards. And that's when, when you go back to writing for just regular storytelling yeah. or regular screenwriting or whatever it's a little bit more forgiving because you now have the added balance of being able to think on on the fly like just being able to write it out but also you don't have to scrap anything else you can you have the ability and the time to work it in Mm -hmm. wherever you have it but now you're able to continue the story exactly Yeah, yeah it's a it's it's always useful and it's just an interesting it doesn't it definitely kicks you in the face too. Though. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're fucking up, people can tell. Yeah, and like if you weren't prepared for something, like there's a couple of places I'm sure you were like, oh, he really didn't develop this too much. <laughs> <laughs> and not that they was bad. It was just like, oh, this isn't really that important of a place. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's fine. You know, like nobody gives a shit about a random village I mean, along the way if it doesn't matter in the story. It's inconsequential ultimately. Like yeah. you you know, you're still having fun playing the game. So. Exactly. But like if a player is like, "Oh, I, I really care about this place." And <laughs> you're like, "Oh, I didn't plan mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. for it." Uh then that then that you know causes problems, but uh 
Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky because you guys are really good players. Like you just you don't know how good oh, players thanks, are. Thanks, And I'm I'm not just complimenting you. It's just kind of like you guys run with whatever I give you, mm-hmm. and you add layers and depth to it that I could never do it just as a DM. Because I think the thing that players don't realize sometimes is that the DM can't add a lot of depth to places because you guys add the life to the story. Yeah. I'm just kind of giving you You're a as shell. deep as the narrator goes, basically. Yeah. And so I can tell you what's at a place, but you guys actually give, like, add the memories to it, mm-hmm. which is cool. And um, give life. Give life to my world. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm, there's so much shit that I love about this campaign because, and I'm sorry that we're rambling about D&D because I feel like we talk about it all the time. Um, I know, but I, I don't, first of all, fuck anyone else. If you don't want to listen to it, you, you can go somewhere else, <laughs> but, but yeah. more than anything, we do talk about D and D a lot. I just think this one is each time we talk about it, it's always a new interesting point on it. You know, yeah, I, mean, I think this one, even like if you, you could take a look at this from a bunch of different perspectives mm-hmm. and read into it and various helpful ways or just in a fucking entertaining way that's what i i like hearing you can hear the fucking the the excitement in there you know yeah. you can hear like the yeah. learning process of it in my opinion like a, you know this is gonna sound incredibly cheesy i'm so sorry i fucking want to hear it to all artists give but me like, that grated cheese a sketchbook is always more interesting than a final piece in my opinion mm-hmm. oh yeah i love the workshop process i love watching people who make things make it dude that's why there are so many artists that release books of all their yeah. unpublished works or like dude that's why that exists <laughs> yeah and and i i have my little doodle page on my website mr slash doodle everyone go follow that um it's just a website i don't know if you can oh follow i'm sorry it. <laughs> everyone go go to that website but i i want to continue to do it because it's a it's an interesting thing that i don't really see a lot of artists do because they feel like they're worried that they're like oh it's unprofessional you showing like you know how the sausage gets made and it's like we don't do anything magical we're we fucking suck and yeah we're growing and i think that's an interesting place to be as an artist i mean dude it's in like you buy blu-ray copies of disney movies behind the scenes are in all of like that's that's considered an added bonus of buying the fucking dvd copy like of course yeah, but that's like a show. That's like Disney. No, I know. Like, I'm just hey, saying we're like, so good. We can make anything. Yeah. It's regardless of who it is that's producing it or what it's coming from, it shows the value of being able to see the work and process and being yeah. able to see the steps taken by the artist. I think that's what I know so important. many people who are who they are today and doing what they do because of those programs. Like yeah. I remember the only reason I'm doing art is because I watched the behind the scenes of Pixar. I was going to say Pixar. you. I was going to say yeah. that's you. <laughs> exactly. Like I I watched the behind the scenes of Pixar and like how they made I think they were making like I don't fucking know, I don't remember. I think it was like there was a documentary about like how they started because mm-hmm. they documented the entire process of making Toy Story. Yeah. And I fell in love with that company. I was like, "Oh, I need to do something like that." And I, I'm not an animator. Like, I have no aspirations to become an animator. I don't know why you do what you do. Because <laughs> it's insane. Oh, dude, I don't fucking animate. But <laughs> but I love concept art, and I love storyboarding, and I love writing, and all this other stuff. And so I loved that side of Pixar. And I wanted to be part of that world. And so that's what I, you know, why I jumped in. But 
I just love, I don't know, I personally love listening to artists talk about why, why they're doing what they're doing um, and the philosophy behind stuff because at the end of the day, like, it's just a piece of art mm-hmm. if you don't know what it means. Yeah. Like, it's just a At thing. least you can respect the... Yeah, like, it's just like, okay, you know, like... The craft of it. Uh, yeah. I There's so many... I've seen... As working as, like, a personal assistant, especially working for um, this one guy's estate. I won't go into too much detail, I guess, about it. But, like, mm. I, I worked for an estate, and um, I had to catalog and archive, like, 135 paintings that were, like, this larger than this room. And, you know, each painting was really cool and interesting visually, but it didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what he was trying to say with it. I didn't know what, you know, there was a couple of them I could infer, but I didn't know him very well. And I, you know, was kind of getting to know him through the work that I was recording. And uh, I think the thing I learned from that is, like, yeah, these are just oil on canvas, Mm -hmm. unless you actually know what it's about. And then it could add, like, layers upon layers of infinite amount of meaning after that. But, you know, that's kind of implied. That's kind of implemented in the process of creation. Yeah. Um, But is the first thing that's lost, you know? So I don't know. It was very, very cheesy, but. Hey, man, I love it. Yeah. I see that. I see that light in your eyes. Thanks, man. Thank you. But uh, I think uh, I think that's a great place to, a good to place stop to it right there. God bless you, baby. You know, um, thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, uh, Snail merch possibly on the way. Snail merch is possibly on the way. Maybe a couple condom stickers. <laughs> Wear a condom. Wear a condom, guys. Bye. Bye.